0: This episode was pre-recorded as part of a live continuing education webinar. On-demand CEUs are still available for this presentation through all CEUs. Register at allceus.com slash counselor toolbox. Chat. Well, hello from everywhere. We've got people from South Africa, from Alaska, from Missouri, and yeah, it's rainy here too today. Um, I heard about a lot of flooding in Iowa when I was reading the news this morning. Um, hi from De- hi to Delaware. Ohio. Wow. Well, welcome everybody. We're going to get started in a few minutes. I did want to remind you that I will actually be presenting now at the Innovations in Behavioral Health Care Conference on uh, June 20th and 21st in Nashville. It's through Foundations Events. You can go to foundationsevents.com slash counselor toolbox and I'll be presenting on the topic of um, transdiagnostic and t- transtheoretical interventions. On the Thursday, because the conference goes Thursday and Friday, on the Thursday evening after all of the sessions are over, there will be a meetup um, at 6 p.m. at Meredith's Bread Basket. So if any of y'all are planning on going to that conference, please stop by, say hi. I'd love to meet you. And let's go ahead and get started. Please remember to share all your tips, tools, tricks, questions, whatever in the chat room and as appropriate, I will segue them in. If you just want to share with your peers, that's fine too. Hi everybody and welcome to today's class. I'm Dr. Donnelly Snipes and today we're going to be talking about building positive self-talk for confidence and self-esteem. A lot of what we're going to talk about today is sort of geared more towards adults, That's generally who I work with, not so much with kids. But there are some creative ways, and I'm sure some of you who work with kids have some creative ways that you could implement these suggestions with children. So if you have suggestions for ways you might be able to sort of kidify some of these, uh, please feel free to share them. I would love to learn. We're going to... First start by identifying the function of negative self-talk. A lot of us don't realize how much negative self-talk we actually engage in and we encourage as a society. We'll explain the benefits of positive self-talk, you know, and then we'll describe 15 methods for teaching positive self-talk to people of all ages. What's the function of negative self-talk? Why do we do it? We know that as humans, we don't do things if there's not some sort of a benefit to us in some way. One of the biggest benefits, and I use that term cautiously, is a perceived protection from threats and failure. If your internal negative critic, if your internal self-talk tells you you can't do this, then you don't try, then you don't risk failure. And so that protects you from that threat. If you tell yourself, I'm not smart enough to, that protects you from putting yourself out there and taking a risk. Um, So there are a lot of functions, if you will, of negative self-talk to basically keep you in that safety envelope where you feel safe and secure and prevent you or discourage you from stepping outside of your comfort zone to learn and explore and grow another function of negative self-talk can be um, getting attention and one of the examples my daughter came up with this so I have told her I would give her credit for it and she called it uh, the ugly fat and dumb game and I don't like the word game but um, basically she pointed out that when you get a group of her friends together uh, the individual in the group who seems to need the most attention, not necessarily the one with the lowest self esteem in the group, often will start this quote game. The individual draws attention to their own perceived or real flaws in order to get another to announce their own in an attempt to make the first person feel better and lower everybody else's self esteem. Though so it's all about, oh, no, you're not, you're not fat, I'm fatter than you are. Um, The example she gives, while eating dinner, Sally announces her weight to the table and calls herself fat, causing all the other girls at the table who all clearly weigh more, because Sally's kind of calculated this, to announce their weight in an attempt to make Sally feel better about herself. If someone at the table isn't of a lower weight, because it may happen, they find another deprecating thing to say about themselves. They may say something like, well, I may not weigh as much, but you are so pretty. You are so much prettier. I would kill to have your hair. Mine is like a rat's nest. And they find some way to try to make Sally feel better and try to put themselves lower. When I thought about it, I recognized the fact that even back when I was in high school, we did this very same thing. And we see this trend. I, I've seen it in even in adult friends of mine. Uh, who tend to put things out there because they want other people to tell them, no, that's not the case, and build up their self-esteem. Instead of doing that, what would happen if we had positive self-talk? Instead of telling ourselves we're ugly, we're fat, we're dumb, we're unlovable, we're whatever, we told ourselves the opposite, that we are good enough, smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like us, to quote Stuart Smalley. So what are the benefits of positive self-talk? Number one, you can get that reward and reinforcement 24-7. You can give yourself positive self-talk anytime. You don't have to wait for somebody else to do it. Well, that's awesome. It also reduces cortisol and HPA axis activation. When we're using negative self-talk, when we're telling ourselves we can't or we're not lovable or other bad things, It increases that threat response in us, which increases the HPA axis, or our threat response system, and increases all kinds of stress-related illnesses. It also increases pain. Why does it increase pain? When we're stressed, we have muscle tension. Muscle tension usually correlates to the onset or the worsening of pain. Decreased energy when we're stressed out when that HPA axis is revved up when we've got muscle tension We're using energy for all that so we have decreased energy to do other stuff positive self-talk helps pump us up and get us psyched and Eliminates that underlying tension and anxiety We have great greater life Satisfaction if we're focusing on the positive and focusing on our strengths not ignoring the other part but really making sure that there's balance in our life we tend to see life as much more satisfying and we have improved immunity when our hpa axis is under control when we're not stressed out all the time we tend to have more energy for our immune system so that's another bonus how can we do this well it starts out early we need unconditional positive Regard from attachment figures who teach us positive self-talk we want attachment figures to tell us you know you are lovable we also want to have that unconditional positive regard later we want to learn how to do it for ourselves we want to be able to learn to tell ourselves I love you you know look in the mirror and go I love you even when you make mistakes I love you even when you forget things I love you even when you're having a bad hair day or you get angry or you're sad or you fail at something. We want to remember that people, including ourselves, are inherently lovable. And starting out, if we're going to be self-critical in some way, maybe we uh, made a mistake at work and instead of saying, oh, you're such an idiot, we can start out by telling ourselves, I love you despite the fact that you made a mistake. That will help us start remembering that we are lovable and put the person before the mistake. Just like when we talk about uh, mental health issues, we don't say the depressive. We say the person with depression or the person with schizophrenia. We want to help people increase self-awareness. We can't have positive self-talk unless we know what's positive about ourselves. So we need to know who we are. We need to know what we have the ability to do. What things can we do well? We don't all do everything well. That's just not possible. With an individual, you know, I, I worked in residential treatment for many, many years, and a lot of the clients that I worked with didn't remember what they liked or what they were good at because they had been immersed in their addiction for so long. Stepping back, but even if you're working with children and this can be a really fun activity to do with kids Just to make a bucket list of different things to try and you may try it once and hate it You may try it once and go. Hey, I'm pretty good at that Uh, Like climbing trees. I didn't try to climb my first tree until I was you know an adult But I tried I realized I was not good at it. So (laughs) I'm not doing that again. Uh, I will watch other people climb trees I'm good at cooking You know, trying different things, figuring out what you're good at so you know what your abilities are. And when things go wrong, you can say, well, I'm not good at that, but look at all these other things that I'm great at. Encourage people of whatever age to keep a list of the things that they're good at. For little kids, as I always say, keep it in pictures. You know, make them a little picture coloring book. So if they go out this weekend and they try climbing a tree and maybe they try swimming, you know put two pictures in their book that they can they can color that show you know what they did and then they can write on there if they liked it or if they didn't you know that's one activity that you can do with kids and there's lots of things not only is that helping children learn what they're good at but it's also creating that really positive bonding time between uh, caregiver and child because you're spending quality time together and that communicates to the child you're worth my time Like I said with adults you can also encourage them to do the same thing try one new thing every week That is not overwhelming at all. Try, just try anything, you know Go to the, the rock climbing place and try rock climbing. You know, I when I did that the first time I learned I loved it and Despite the fact that I'm terrified of heights. So who knew and Figure out what you like and what you're good at The next part. This is your abilities. These are things that you can do. This is not who you are I am who you are are your inner qualities Regardless of what you do. What kind of a person are you and encourage people to figure that out and differentiate who they are from what they do you're creative you know or maybe you are maybe you aren't if you are creative you know that's not something people can take away from you you either are or you're not and we all have different types of creativity i am not an artist by any way shape or form but i can be creative with other things that i do my daughter on the other hand is mind-bogglingly creative um, and she could she's great with interior design and drawing and Cooking, you know, she can put spices together that I would have never thought of. These are things that, you know, you need to know about yourself. You're creative. If you're kind, if you're compassionate, if you're curious, if you're a good listener, those are all qualities of a person that are irrespective of what they do for somebody else. They're just qualities a person has. Encourage people to keep a daily journal or account of their successes, good qualities, accomplishments, and what they did right that day. Just spend five minutes thinking about what did I do right today? And it can be the little things I got up on time, I went to work, I stayed focused all day, I helped somebody out at lunch, whatever it was, in order to be able to reflect on those things and not take those things for granted. And sometimes you need to keep. People help people increase self-awareness by encouraging them to keep a log or a journal of negative self-statements. So if they say something negative to themselves, like, I am stupid, to catch themselves, to write it down, and to write down a um, restatement of that instead of, I am stupid, I love myself, even when I make a mistake doing, or even when I forget. uh, restating it so it's less global, and we're going to talk about global in a few minutes. This will help people become more aware of their own internal self-talk. Mantras. Don't wait till you're stressed. You know, we should be practicing positive self-talk every single morning and throughout the day. You know, ideally, get up in the morning when you're brushing your teeth or when you're driving to work. Give yourself a pep talk. You know, tell yourself all the things that are going to go right and how wonderful things are and that you've got this, whatever it is, in order to get the day started off on the right foot. And yeah, it feels weird at first, but it puts you in a whole different mental framework if you're driving to work going, okay, I've got this. And I may not be looking forward to some aspects of today, but I can get through them. I've gotten through, you know, much more difficult days before. Things that you can tell yourself, I'm capable, I'm lovable. Today's going to be an awesome day. I choose to be present in all that I do. I feel energetic and alive. I can achieve my goals. I love challenges and what I can learn from them. And, you know, you all know my favorite. I've got this. I can do this. Throughout the day, remembering to use positive self-talk, not just first thing in the morning. You can, you can do it at mealtimes. You know, that's easy to remember. Or you can even download some positive thinking apps. And I did a real quick search on my Android device the other day, and there were like six apps that you could download for free that would prompt you to use some, some sort of positive thinking or read some sort of positive um, statement. Visualization is another one that I love. Visualization helps people's brains see how they can succeed, or how they can fail. When they see these things, mentally see these things, it enhances the brain's ability to do things. Negative self-talk teaches the brain that negative things will happen, which increases anxiety and distress, reduces concentration, and increases a sense of helplessness. Positive self-talk, on the other hand, helps people's brains see You know, we're imagining in our mind's eye, your brain is seeing that success is possible. Happiness is possible. And we, the person doing the visualization, we have power. Maybe not over everything, because nobody has power over everything, but we do have power over some things. Divers, golfers, lots of athletes use visualization a lot to see themselves successfully accomplishing whatever it is that they do in their particular sport. CEOs will sometimes envision themselves presenting a concept or something and presenting it uh, going well. This helps them visualize and see in their mind's eye that it's possible to do. Now, this is a real quick video of my um, daughter. Okay. Okay. that was for her black belt testing. Now, you saw that was like four inches worth of wooden, wooden blocks that she put her fist through. She had to visualize that before that happened in order to see her hand going through those boards. I couldn't do it. I mean, maybe I could. See, that's negative self-talk. I'm saying I couldn't do it. I probably could if I had the techniques and I visualized it. But it was important for her to visualize it in order to be able to do it because at least in her dojang they don't practice that ahead of time that's one of those things that their grandmaster pulls out at testing and says guess what you're gonna break four boards today and they're like we're gonna do what but they've learned to do it they've learned to trust and visualize visualize combined with desensitization can help reduce anxiety and distress around things like public speaking tryouts, job interviews, driving. A lot of youth today are terrified of driving. Starting a new school or job, taking a test, pretty much anything. And remember with desensitization, we want them to visualize doing whatever it is. If they're anxious about it, initially they're probably gonna have a stress reaction. So we teach them how to use deep breathing in order to calm their stress reaction until they get to the point where they can visualize doing whatever it is without having that anxiety reaction. Visualizations are just repeatedly seeing themselves doing it and doing it successfully and training their brain that there is no threat, there is no danger. If they have difficulty doing this at first, for example, public speaking, they may have difficulty even seeing themselves doing it correctly. Have them watch others who are successful at public speaking and use that data to visualize what they're doing. So turn on Oprah or Dr. Phil or, you know, somebody giving a speech and doing it well. Whatever works for them and watch someone else modeling how to do it effectively. Role play it. You know, you can role play public speaking, have somebody practice at home in front of the, in front of the family, get them used to doing that and then encourage them to visualize themselves. Okay. Now visualize yourself doing it in front of your classmates. Visualization is a multi-sensory method of positive self-talk. It's visual as well as verbal because we've got to use words in order to create the images environments and this is what I love surround yourself with positivity as parents caregivers teachers counselors pastors we need to model positivity life is not always going to go great but if we can approach it with an air of positive thinking and use some of these techniques model these techniques then youth will learn it if we can use and model these techniques our peers are gonna learn it Some of the best positive thinking and positivity I learned from my best friend in college. And just being around her was a breath of fresh air all the time. You know, she was always just awesome. And everything was exciting and amazing and wonderful. And, you know, her life wasn't perfect. But she reveled in gratitude, which was really awesome. Encourage people to listen to positive songs. A lot of people, not just teenagers, like to listen to music. Some of them, I put a list here kind of hitting a few different genres. Jimmy Eat World, The Middle. High Hopes by Frank Sinatra. That's one of my favorite. Remember just what makes that little old ant think he can move the rubber tree plant. Everyone knows an ant can't move a rubber tree plant, but he's got High Hopes, High Apple Pie in the Sky Hopes, you know, okay. Um, <laughs> but there's another one called High Hopes by Panic at the Disco that is just really stunningly positive. Check it out. You know, it's more of a pop song, so it's not something that has a lot of curse words in it, and it can be very positive. Now, Disturbed and Skillet are more on the hard rock side, indestructible and undefeated. They're both very positive uplifting song saying that i'm indestructible i've got this i am woman by mc light shake it off by taylor swift or her new song me i love me by megan trainer i'm all right by jody messina stronger by britney spears that's an oldie but goodie flares by the script And Light Behind Your Eyes, My Chemical Romance. My Chemical Romance is a favorite band of a lot of my adolescent clients. So you may want to become familiar with their music. Other bands, there's tons of them out there. There are tons of positive songs, believe it or not, in every genre. You can Google things like empowering songs to help you through a breakup. And this link will take you to like 30 of them, I think. Um, And this, songs to help you through anxiety or depression. This is 21 songs that somebody curated. Curated a list of you're not going to agree with every one of them, but you can find a lot of good Stuff there, especially if you're working with a population who is very musically oriented being in Nashville We're pretty musically oriented here have family members or Whoever you're living with bring a positive quote or song lyrics with them to dinner once a week And then you can put that on the fridge that way everybody can remember the positive thoughts for the week Give yourself a pep talk every morning, talked about that, and create a success wall or a scrapbook. Some people don't like displaying their success for everybody to see because they feel weird about that. And that's a personal choice. If you do, you can do it in your room, you can do it in your office, you can have a wall with your diplomas, whatever it is. Or if you just want to keep a scrapbook that you can pull out and look at on your own when you're having one of those down days. Scrapbooks can help us remember and reflect on the things that we're good at. And I'm going to talk about some more things that you can do in the environment in a couple other slides. Personalizing. When we take things personally, we are assuming we have control over how other people feel or react or the way things happen. That's not helpful self-talk. Positive self-talk helps us focus on what we do have control over, what the facts are, and what potential alternate explanations there are. So for example, Sally didn't text me today, she must be mad at me. Okay, so what are three alternate non-personal explanations? Sally's phone died, Sally was busy at work, Sally was sick and sleeping all day. All three of those or not, none of those three had anything to do with me. You know, so looking for alternate explanations if you don't know what the facts are, what can you do when something like that happens for example if you think sally didn't text me today she always texts me she must be mad at me well if you look at the alternate non-personal explanations that can help you feel a little bit better you can also okay hold on to your horses here guess what you can ask sally hey i didn't hear from you today are you mad at me sometimes that's helpful sometimes that can be if somebody's always need needing reassurance that can be not helpful you want to base it on on your client but in, improving communication is also important for self-talk if somebody didn't get the job that they had applied for or the lead role in the school play or the position on the football team then they may think oh my gosh I tried out I didn't get it they must have hated me what are alternate explanations They needed somebody with different talents. There was somebody else who was a better fit. Or guess what? There might have been somebody who was more qualified than you. It just, it happens. It doesn't mean they hated you. It means that that wasn't a good fit. And I don't know what I did, but dad was in an awful mood all day long. Who says you did anything? What are the facts to support that you did anything? So think back. Did I do something that would have ticked daddy off? Um, I got up i made my bed i came to breakfast i went to school came home did my homework nope nope i can't think of anything i did that would have irritated him so that is one of those times you can examine the facts and go no i can't see any logical reason why it was me what are three alternate non-personal explanations catastrophizing and we tend to do this as a society i don't know why But we expect the worst to happen. If a storm's coming in, you expect it to be devastating. Um, If, I know at least around here, every time we have a thunderstorm, we get tornado warnings. I'm like, we're not going to have a tornado with every single thunderstorm. Um, But we can get into that habit of every time something happens, we go from zero to 250. Not, yeah, it'll probably be fine to, oh my gosh, something's going to happen. The sky is going to fall. Encourage people to evaluate the probability. If they can tell themselves the likelihood that this is going to happen is pretty small, then it's going to help them feel better. That's positive self-talk. The likelihood that I'm going to fail at this, the likelihood that I'm going to flunk out of college, the likelihood of whatever, you know, could it happen? You know, pretty much anything could happen. What is the likelihood? And the positive self-talk encourages them to start focusing on what's probable, and if they feel like they need to, make a plan B. So, for example, if somebody might say, if I ask him out, he's going to laugh in my face. So I don't, I don't want to ask him out because he's, he's going to be rude and I'm going to feel devastated and I'm going to want to run and hide and it's going to be awful. Okay, that's catastrophizing. What's the probability, you know, thinking about it, if you're going to ask somebody out, what's the probability you're going to ask someone out that would be rude enough to laugh in your face to begin with? Okay, so... Probably, at at worst, it's 50-50. But hopefully, it's a lot better than that. Now we know that there's a pretty good probability the person won't laugh in your face. Could they say no? Sure. But it won't be completely mortifying. And what's your plan B? You know, if the person says yes, then great. If the person says no, what's your alternate plan? Who else will you ask out? What will you do? How are you going to handle it? That's your plan B. In order to be ready for whatever happens i'm sure i'm going to bomb that audition try out job interview whatever it is again evaluate the probability if you've tried out before and you know how it goes then you probably know how good you are at tryouts and you know what to do what's the probability you're going to com- completely bomb it i know or i remember when i was in school and watching My kids' friends now, I see the same pattern in those kids. They go into tests going, oh, I'm going to bomb this. And it just, it breaks my heart for them to feel that anxious about tests going in there, even when they've stayed up for multiple nights studying. Now, if they didn't study at all, then the likelihood, the probability of bombing the test is pretty good. But if they've studied and they continue to have that negative self-talk, that's... Gosh, that's a drain of a lot of energy. Any day I could now, I could lose my job and then we'd be homeless. Okay, it's possible. It's possible you could lose your job. What's the likelihood? You know, that we've got two things here. What's the likelihood that you're going to lose your job? You know, you've been at the same job for nine years, probably not super likely you're going to lose it. Okay, so that's not super likely, but if you did. On the off chance, lose your job, what's the likelihood that you would suddenly become homeless? That's even a smaller probability. Could it happen? Sure. Do you feel like you need to make a plan B in case it happens? Well, if you do, you do. And then you can have that plan B and you can feel calm and you can go, well, there is an off chance that I could lose my job and not be able to pay my house payment. However, if that happens, I've got this backup plan. So we're good anxiety relieved encouraging people to use their positive self-talk to remember their strengths remember their capabilities remember their resources <clears throat> magnification is focusing on the negative aspects of the event so catastrophizing is expecting the worst you're living in the future we can't predict the future weather man can't even predict the weather very well um, so we can't predict the future magnification It's in the past. We're focusing on the negative aspects of something that already happened. Okay, it happened. It is what it is. There's nothing we can do to change it, change what happened. We can change how we feel about it, and we can improve the next moment. Because as they say in DBT, every moment is a new beginning. Encourage people to change the negative to a neutral, a positive, or a challenge. If somebody is an avid athlete, and they say, oh, I'm so upset, I can't run today because I sprained my ankle. Well, that's negative self-talk. That's somebody getting frustrated and feeling disempowered. Not super helpful. When they sprain their ankle, maybe they can't run. So they can say, well, (laughs) I guess I get a recovery day since my ankle sprained. I know that's usually my go-to. I'm like, oh, you know, I can't do it, so I guess I got to take the day off. (laughs) Oh, well. Or the person, if they just really have to get cardio in that day, could say, what else could I do for cardio that doesn't put weight on my ankle? You know, maybe they could do some sort of upper body swimming or the, um, some sort of rowing machine that doesn't use your legs. I know there are machines we have at the gym for upper body, but um, I'm not sure what they are. But there are things that you can do. If somebody says, you know, Jake said no when I asked him out, I'm mortified. Things that you can tell yourself. You know, I can't change that. I can't change what Jake said. can't change the event. But I can ask somebody else out. I can stay stuck in that, but it's not going to change the event. Or I can ask somebody else out. And, or, I can think to myself, he's never going to know what he's missing out on because I have a lot to offer. That positive self-talk going, this person or this situation may not have worked out, but I have a lot to offer, so their loss i didn't get that job well somebody can think there are better things in store for me or there's probably a different job that is a better fit there are a lot of different ways to look at it instead of staying stuck in the past on something that happened that was unpleasant using positive self-talk to look towards the future for what can become self and other comparisons People need to come to the understanding that it's likely there will always be someone out there better than them at some things. And and this is just vital to mental health, recognizing that, to the best of my knowledge, there is nobody out there that is perfect at everything all the time. It just, it doesn't happen. So we want to encourage people, and especially children, we want to encourage this mindset early on to focus on being the best person they can be, for them that day and be better than the day before just whether it's working out or studying or doing chores encourage people to focus on what do i do well remember that self-awareness we already know uh, so what do i do well what did i do well yesterday thinking back you know, over overwork you know if you think back over the clients you saw and what you did at home and all that kind of stuff uh, Think about what you did well. What could you do better on today? I know yesterday um, I had a really productive day at work and things were awesome. I had a great workout, but I came home and I just kind of turned into a couch potato. And I had other things that I needed to do and I could have been doing, and I wasted a lot of time, in my opinion, um, being a couch potato. So that's, I'm going to work on doing better on that today so I don't lose three solid hours <laughs> to Netflix. Global statements, negative, global negative self-statements usually start with I am or I must. Encourage people to focus on their language. How different, and you can do this in group or in in individual sessions. Have somebody identify how does it feel different to say I am stupid, and I don't like the word stupid, but I used it in both sides of this equation just for emphasis. How How different does it feel to say I am stupid? I, the person, am stupid, versus I am stupid at math. Well, I don't want people telling themselves they're stupid, period. But if they're more specific, then there's this one area that they're not good at. And I would encourage them to start changing the word stupid to something a little less um, derogatory. I am ugly versus I look bad in this outfit. So it said, if somebody is saying, I must be the best... That implies a lot of things. They're saying, I must. So I'm wondering why they must. Does they, do they have to be the best in order to be lovable? Um, you know, I must be the best as compared to what? The best at everything all the time? Well, that ain't going to happen. So you're setting yourself up for disappointment and negative reactions. You can change it. How does it feel different if you say, I must be the best that I can be? Well, that's a little bit different. You know because i can build upon what i've got right now i can be the best that i can be uh, locus of control can be another problem if somebody has too internal of a locus con- of control that means they think they can control everything and sometimes there are parts of situations you just can't control we want to encourage people to look at situations and identify the parts that they can and cannot control if they're trying to control the uncontrollable, they're going to get frustrated and feel powerless and helpless. And when they feel that way, they'll feel less than confident. We want to make sure that people identify the parts of situations that they don't have control over and figure out how to be okay with that. If they say something like, I should, there's that word again, I should be able to achieve anything I try to do. Well, that's just not in the cards. There are some things that you're not going to be able to achieve for some reason or another, and that's not to set people back, but that's to help them recognize that we all have given talents, and within those talents we can achieve. But there are some things that we're probably not going to be able to do, and it, becoming learning to accept that is moving that locus of control. Um, other times, somebody may say something like, it's my fault that my mother got sick. Children say this a lot, especially if their parent gets injured or some sort of terminal illness. Uh, they may feel like it's their fault in some reason. for some reason. We want to help them focus on what parts of that, you know, could they have contributed to. And, you know, in that, this particular instance, there was probably nothing. But encouraging them to focus on what parts they can control. External locus of control means people feel they have no control over anything life just happens It doesn't matter what they do Encourage them to focus on the parts of the situation. They do have control over to get that power people with too much of an internal locus of control We need them to let go of some of the power because some of it they can't control People with too external of a locus of control We want them to take some of that power back and go I can control this part Identify parts of the situation you have control over so if somebody says I only I only got that job because of luck Well, you went in you interviewed you trained for it. I'm seeing something besides luck that is there Or it was bad luck that I fumbled the pass That could be true or it could be that the person hadn't been going to practice and you know So they fumbled the pass or they weren't paying attention for whatever reason it's just my luck the teacher collected homework today you get the idea that i don't like the word luck um <laughs> we don't use it in our house well there's a chance any on any given day that the teacher is going to collect homework so it's not a luck thing you had the power to do your homework just in case the teacher collected the homework we also want to, oh, and I got demoted because my boss has it in for me. So it was nothing that I did. My boss just has it in for me. Again, is this possible in some realms? I wish I could say no, but yes. Most of the time when people get demoted, there is some, something in it that they contribute, some way that they contributed to it. Encourage people, instead of saying I can't, to say I won't or I choose not to. I won't do it implies a choice, and obviously I choose not to implies a choice. I can't is very disempowering. Um, And encourage them to focus on the present and improving the next moment. Instead of living in the past or living in the future, a a good balanced locus of control focuses on the present and says, what parts of this situation can I change and how can I improve the next moment? I told you we talk about a couple of other visual things. Minimization of the positive. Too often, people focus on what went wrong or what they don't have, um, like money or relationships. Or, you know, people will think, I don't have money. If I only had $2 million, I would be happier. Or if I were, especially around Valentine's Day and some of the holidays, if I was only in a relationship, I would be happy. And that's just one aspect. So we want people to remember the things they do have. And this mobile here is just an example. You can use coat hangers as the um, frame for it. Get one wire coat hanger and put it one way and then put another wire coat hanger through it to kind of make an X. And you can use fishing line or twine or something to hang things. And you can use felt. You can use construction paper you can get as fancy or as not fancy as you want. And on each one of the things that's hanging off of the mobile, put on, put on that thing something that is going well or something that you do have that you're grateful for. When things go bad or when you're having one of those days where you're sitting on your own pity party or pity pot, you can look at that and go, you know what? I've got all of these things that are going pretty well yes, I don't have this one thing over here, these two things over here, which would be nice. However, look at what I do have. And, you know, in in, um, DBT, remember one of the things for distress tolerance is comparisons, comparing yourself to people who might not be doing as well. This is one way where you have a very visual way to compare and go, you know what? I've got a lot of stuff on my gratitude mobile, so I've got a lot of stuff to be grateful for. Encourage... uh, People to spend five to ten minutes focusing on what went right that day and they can do this one of the things that you can do you don't have to if you have a refrigerator you can actually buy paint at one of the home improvement stores and make it into a chalkboard which so you're not having to have dry erase stuff you can also do it with dryer to make it into a dry erase board but I like the look of the chalkboard better just myself and you can have people write everybody in your family write on the refrigerator each day one thing that went right for them or one thing that's going well or that they're grateful for. That can help, again, encourage people to focus on the positive. We can help children find the silver lining, and we need to acknowledge and validate their feelings of hurt or anger or disappointment or whatever, of course. And then we need to say, okay, that happened. We can't change it. So how can we improve the next moment? And, and helping them embrace the good with the bad. Remember all the other things that are okay, even when one thing goes awry. Now, one of the examples when uh, my daughter has a dog right now who she's grown up with. And, and she's 15 and the dog is 13. And, you know, the 13-year-old uh, dog is, has got heart failure. And we know at some point she's probably going to cross over the bridge. And and my daughter's aware of that, and one of the things that we talked about on the way home from the vet after she got her diagnosis was the fact that, yes, it's going to be devastating when she does cross the bridge, however, this is one of our rescues, and, and my daughter came up with this all on her own, she's like, however... She had a great life. She is spoiled, absolutely rotten, and she is a thirteen-year-old dog. She's older than dirt, so she's made it a pretty long time. And I'm like, "Well, by gosh, good for you!" Um, I think I'm gonna be more upset than you are when she when she passes. Not, just kidding. Um, she'll be devastated for the day, but she's able to see the silver lining in that she's able when one of our animals we do a lot of fostering and when one of our animals leaves it's always a little bit heartbreaking because we get a little attached to them but she says it's bittersweet i got to love this animal and i got to help it get a good home now i get to love another animal and save another animal from getting euthanized so she embraces the good with the bad all or nothing thinking The self-statements that are all or nothing usually have the words always, never, every, nobody, etc. Encourage people to look for exceptions and what is different. If somebody says, I'm never going to be happy again, validate how they feel. I hear you're feeling depressed and really stuck now, whatever is the appropriate paraphrase. Talk about, tell me about a time before when you were happy and let's talk about what was different then. And how can we do more of that now? It's not going to take away your pain, but it might help you get get some moments of happiness. Um, Or I'm always depressed. Again, tell me about a time in the past when you weren't depressed. Or have there been any moments in the past two weeks where you felt maybe not quite as depressed? What was different? And see if we can build on those. Sometimes things do happen all the time. Maybe somebody says, nobody ever calls me to go out on the weekend, okay? If that's true, why is that? Maybe you haven't given your phone number to anybody or told people that you were available to go out on the weekend or whatever. So you may need to take a first step and you know put yourself out there. Or I can never seem to lose weight, okay? For some people, that's true. They've been on every diet and they never seem to lose weight. So we want to look at why is that. Encourage them to see their physician and, you know, get an evaluation, work with a nutritionist, whatever. Sometimes when people use all or nothing statements, it's true. And we do need to help them look for ways to remedy the issue instead of just saying, I give up or I'm helpless or the world's against me. What can you do to remedy the issue? If there are no exceptions, if this truly does happen all the time, how can we help you change it? Emotional reasoning. We've talked about this one before, too. When somebody uses emotional reasoning, they feel a certain way, so they extrapolate, well, if I feel this way, then this must be threatening or dangerous or scary. I feel scared about giving a speech, therefore, it must be something scary. There, it could be awful, whatever's going to happen. If I feel scared, helping people recognize what's going on i 'm scared to start driving, so it must be dangerous. Well, yeah, driving can be dangerous, but there 's millions and millions of people who drive every day that don 't get into car wrecks so let 's take a look at take a look at that i 'm angry that people are always mean and rude, and no matter where you go okay so there 's people are always mean like all people are always mean and rude. Encourage them to find three alternate explanations. If somebody was rude to them at the grocery store, what are three alternate explanations? You know, maybe that person was having a bad day. Maybe that person was sick. Uh, Maybe you didn't realize it, but you cut that person off with your buggy. I don't know. Uh, Evaluate the facts of the situation. Are all people always mean and rude? No, there's probably some exceptions in there. Um, If you are feel scared to start driving yes it can be dangerous yes you are operating a big vehicle however what are the facts about the situation if you are a good defensive driver and you pay attention to what you're doing and you're not texting and yada 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 you know what are the facts here and even if you do get into a crash because people get into crashes what proportion of those crashes end up with life-threatening injuries. A lot of times they're just fender benders and it's just metal. It's not permanent. Encouraging people to recognize this if they need to start driving. Check for all or nothing thinking and encourage them again to look and see if they're confusing high and low probability events. With the speech, remind, themself to, remind them to separate facts from Facts from feelings i feel scared about giving a speech well i feel scared to do things that i've never done before too or even i get anxious even before i go and present at conferences i love public speaking but i get a little bit of butterflies in my stomach before i go and that's kind of normal when you're doing something that's out of the ordinary your body's going are you sure you want to do this but does it mean it has to be something scary or could it be something that's exciting and an opportunity for kids put positive notes in their coats lunchboxes etc to encourage them to remember that they're good and that they're awesome for who they are one thing you can do and um, is give them kudos or even stars for being the best that they can be they may come home and you know johnny comes home and he got a B minus on his math test. And mom and dad give give Johnny a star for that because Johnny was being the best that he can be. He had been getting Ds in math and he's brought his grades up. Math is really hard for him for some reason. Okay, that's the best that he can be. His brother, Dan, comes home and he got a B minus on his test. He may not get a star, Because he's usually getting A's, so what the heck happened? So we want to look at, Dan, did you study? You know, if Dan did the best he could, then of course we're going to reward that. But we do want to pay attention to each person's strengths and not necessarily have a hard line for um, rewards. Because not everybody can reach every threshold. Keep a good things jar for each person in the family. Each time they do something well or helpful, they get to put a penny in the jar. This reinforces that even if they don't succeed, if they did the best that they could, then there will be benefits. And you know, a penny's not much, but they can see it building up over time and they'll see their jar getting fuller, and which will reflect on how much good stuff they've done and how much good they've done in the world and what a good person they are. Another thing that you can do for kids to help them with positive thinking, remember, most of you are probably, uh, remember making the little choice things that you would do with paper. And you would say like, my mother told me to tell you to pick this one. And then you would open the one that was up. And you can put different positive sayings on each one of those things. Or you can put different positive thinking strategies on each one of those things. So when a child is struggling with negative thoughts, they can do the options uh, foldable, and then they can come up with some strategy in order to handle that negative thinking. Positive self-talk helps you feel empowered and good about being the best that you can be, not the best at everything, not the best in the whole world, but being the best that you can be. And that is enough. You are lovable for being you. Feelings of empowerment can reduce feelings of helplessness and hopelessness and can protect against depression, anxiety, and a whole host of stress-related illnesses. Positive self-talk. And using some of the strategies we've looked at today can eliminate negative negativity, increase a feeling of efficacy, and help people recognize where their power is. Positive self-talk doesn't mean ignoring the negative. It means embracing the good with the bad. It's going to happen. Sometimes you're not going to get the job. Sometimes you're going to have an old dog. There, there are things that happen. What can, what's the good that can come out of it? Or what's the good that you got out of it? Learn to evaluate situations objectively, seeing failure or the potential for failure as a learning opportunity. Yeah, I might try this and I might fall flat on my face, but that'll just teach me how not to do it. Or that'll just teach me that that's not a strength of mine, whatever, however somebody approaches it. And positive self-talk also means fully recognizing your own strengths and capabilities and reveling in those and nurturing those and going, this is what I bring to the table. You know, not everybody is going to bring the same thing. When you go into any workplace, you've got people who are administrative, you've got people who are management, you've got people who are line workers, you've got people who do different things based on their different skills and recognizing that it takes all of us in order to make the business run is really important. You know, we don't have to be the best at everything. Does anybody have any questions? If this podcast helps you help your clients or yourself, please support us by purchasing your CEUs at allceus.com or getting your agency to sponsor an episode.